Welcome to the Choosing to Stay podcast. We're your hosts, Hallie Roderick and Stephanie Hamby, certified relationship and recovery coaches. Join us each week as we explore the challenges and joys of the recovery journey for couples who are choosing to stay in a relationship after infidelity and betrayal. We'll encourage you with hope for healing and transformation. Connection, empathy, growth, choosing to stay. Thank you for listening to us. Stephanie and I want to let you know about some resources that are available to you if you're looking for further support. First of all, we have betrayal trauma support groups for both men and women. So our Choose Healing Betrayal Trauma Groups for females are available at chooserecoveryservices.com. Empowerment After Betrayal is our men's betrayal trauma group. We're excited about this because there are not that many resources out there for men who are experiencing betrayal trauma. So if that's you, please reach out to us and learn about getting into a men's support group. And I also wanted to let you know that I am teaching a Help Her Heal course for men who are looking to rebuild trust and create safety in their relationship after betrayal. This is modeled after our friend and colleague, Carol Jurgensen Sheets work. She has a book and we're gonna follow through that book and, and work through that process of helping you learn how to create safety and build trust after betrayal. Also, we have a Healing Hearts course for couples, and this course is for couples in early healing from partner betrayal and sexual integrity issues to build empathy and integrity and also work on understanding of authentic intimacy. So if you're looking for support, please check in the show notes for the links to register for all those groups and courses. And we hope you enjoy today's show. Welcome to today's episode of Choosing to Stay podcast. We're so happy that you joined us. Today, we're going to be following up on the topic that we discussed last week. Last week, we talked about the the cycle of unhealthy sexual behaviors. And in that second phase of that, we talked about acting in behaviors. And we're going to dig a little bit more into that today. So let's just about define the difference between acting out and acting in behaviors. So acting out behaviors are those behaviors that we refer to with the sexual integrity issues that are sexual acting out outside of the relationship. And so it's really involves sexual integrity issues, which is once or repeatedly mentally, emotionally, or physically in the sexual acting out. So it's choosing anything outside of the relationship that your partner does not consent to that is sexual acting out. Those are acting out behaviors that we see that causes destruction in the relationship, the significant relationship. And so today we're going to be talking about acting in behaviors, which is in that second part, like Hallie was talking about, of the the sexual acting out cycle, the sexual integrity issues cycle. And whenever we refer to acting in, these are behaviors that are used as intimacy avoidance tactics or behaviors that are used in ways to avert authentic intimacy. And so most of the time, the one that is using acting in behaviors, they are unaware that this is behaviors or tactics or ways that they have picked up in the past to use and to avert authentic intimacy. And so 
what we're hoping to address today is creating awareness around what these acting in behaviors are, how they affect our relationships, how they affect us. What would you add to that, Allie? Yeah. Well, I would say that the acting in behaviors is kind of that mindset of the, I can just, I can handle this on my own. I just won't do it again. I just, I'll think about something else. So some common acting in behaviors would be like in, in this realm of sexual misbehaviors is avoiding anything sexual. You might try to numb things by like compulsively working out. You might suppress your negative emotions, try to avoid them, ignore them. Um, you might distract yourself with projects or extra work. You might work long hours. You might decide to isolate. And the part of this acting in is that the more that you do this acting in behavior, it usually leads to the acting out behavior. So that's why we feel it's so important to address these acting in behaviors so that we can have some more awareness around what they are and so that we can process them and learn to cope with them in a more healthy way to avoid the acting out behaviors that are causing damage to yourself and others. Yes. I'm glad you mentioned that. One of the things I was thinking from our episode last week, when this life situation arises and we have these strong or unwanted emotions, these core beliefs about ourselves are attacked. Commonly what happens in this cycle is we go into the acting in behaviors, which is a turning inwards. It's saying that my feelings don't matter or what has happened to me isn't important. And so I'll just deal with it on my own. And that is averting true and authentic intimacy with your spouse and those around you. So what happens to your feelings? They are valid. They are to be acknowledged. They are there for a reason. And Hallie and I have talked so much about that on this podcast and the importance of those strong emotions and how we deal with those in a proper and a healthy way. And so creating this authentic intimacy is the key in connecting in a healthy way and having to be fully known and fully loved for who you are. And whenever we turn to the acting in behaviors, we're shutting off from the world around us and others from getting the opportunity to know us better and to be fully known. I think that when we are talking about healthy intimacy, sometimes it can feel almost scary to people that have maybe either never experienced it or you felt like you had an intimate relationship and then the betrayal happened. And so leaning into true authentic intimacy can feel there can be a lot of fear around it for some people and so kind of knowing what it is i think it's it's is important to have an understanding of what healthy intimacy actually is if you've never experienced it if you may have been raised in a home where there wasn't a lot of maybe your parents didn't have the skills to nurture and model intimate relationships. And so it might be something totally new to you. And so this idea of allowing someone to fully see into you, like you, you, we hear that word broken down into me see when we break down the word intimacy, there's something so vulnerable and also so powerful in a good way of having a true intimate connection with someone. And it's not uncommon for it to be a scary thing, especially in this realm of when we're talking about sexual acting out behaviors. And so allowing someone to hear all of you, like being able to share 
the hard things, being able to share your, your limiting beliefs about yourself and allowing someone to fully see into you, the good, that's challenging, all of that. And to be seen and, and fully loved is what true intimacy actually is. And these acting in behaviors are, are the total opposite. They, they set up an environment where it's nearly impossible to have that true intimacy. I'm glad that you address what authentic intimacy is. And I just wanted to say that authentic intimacy is not all about sexual intimacy. And there is multiple things that play into building intimacy in relationships and with yourself, learning yourself more. And I just want to to share some of the building blocks of intimacy, we should do an episode on what authentic and true intimacy is because it's not all about sexual intimacy with your significant other. Authentic intimacy is recreational intimacy, which includes your mind and your body. There's proximal intimacy, which is the closeness, just being in proximity with your significant other. There's intellectual intimacy, having an intellectual conversation, or building and growing together as a couple. There is non-sexual intimacy, which is, it is a part of bodily intimacy, but it is, it doesn't include sexual touch, but it could include touch. There is emotional intimacy, which is getting to the heart, the authentic heart of who you are. And then spiritual intimacy, which is the soul. And then the very top, once all the other blocks are met, then there is the sexual intimacy, which includes the mind, body, heart, and soul. I think it's very important that we address that whenever we are using authentic intimacy, it's not referring to just sexual intimacy. There's so much more in that. So these acting in behaviors can be used in a way to avert intimacy in any of those areas and in a way of averting to being fully known and fully loved for Mm -hmm. who you are or fully seen. Yeah. As a reminder from our episode last week, if you didn't hear our episode last week, go back and listen to that one. Cause we're talking about the second phase of that, that sexual misbehavior cycle. And in this phase, there's that dissociation, this like of wanting to avoid the, whatever the uncomfortable emotion or, or thoughts are that are coming up. And so there's a lot of behaviors that, that fall under this acting in that really put a, a gap or like a chasm in, in between our relationships, the ones that we would hope and desire to have as intimate relationships. And so this episode is to help you have some awareness around your own behaviors of this. And in kind of full disclosure of all this, when I first started learning about this, I recognized some of these in my own self, like it was easy for me to, to kind of avoid and kind of do the silent treatment and just go inward because I didn't know what it was like to have an intimate relationship. And so I think both partners, this is a good kind of a self self check for yourself is like, do I do some of these acting in behaviors? Sometimes if there's any sort of emotional abuse happening, the partner can feel like their voice is stifled or they're not able to have a voice. So it might lead them to some of these acting in behaviors for themselves as well, whether it leads to the sexual 
um, misbehaviors or not, some of these behaviors can happen with both partners. And so this is the, the phase where we want to catch all of these kind of unhealthy behaviors and turn to that connecting with God, ourselves, and others to step out of these cycles that are keeping us from experiencing true intimacy in our relationships. So I know that wasn't what we were planning on talking about, Stephanie, but what are your thoughts about that? Like, do you, do you see that with your clients or have you ever seen that with yourself where sometimes you turn inward as well? Absolutely. I appreciate you mentioning that. So this, which we've talked about check-ins or weekly check-ins that you do with your spouse on our episodes previous, my husband and I still do check-ins and acting in is one of our parts of our check-in. And so we are checking in to see have either of us been acting in? Have we been seeing any of these behaviors come up for us? Because as we learn what acting in behaviors are, sometimes we are able to recognize them in ourselves and we didn't have awareness around it before. So it is very important to learn them so that we're like, oh yeah, I have done that. And Hallie, I appreciate you mentioning that because I think we all have done this at some point. We all have experienced this turning inward for whatever reason. And I say this with all of my clients, we we're trying to stop this cycle. And the first part of it, even before we get to like the life situation, the first part is if there is acting in behaviors, there is your red flag. So if you have seen in your day, any of these behaviors come up in a way of a burning authentic connection with your spouse or with safe others or with God or yourself, then That is the red flag because you are headed in the acting out cycle. I think that at some point, all of us have used these. And if we're able to catch those, then we can deal with it in a healthier way. So would you like to talk about some examples of acting in behaviors? Some of the first ones that come to my mind is when, let's just say there is some sort of of conflict or something happening in the relationship and instead of like a a lot of people don't like conflict so instead of of being authentic and instead of using your voice and talking about what's coming up for you they will go inward and they might shut down they might I don't know pout might be a good word or stonewall where they might go silent for hours or days or sometimes longer, hopefully not longer, but sometimes it's, I've seen it longer where you're sending off this like negative energy and it's very clear that there is something wrong, but you're refusing to talk about it or refusing to address it. You're refusing to use your voice and talk about the underlying issue, but you're sending off this negative energy, this stonewalling in a sense. And some of these actually fall under the category of emotional abuse. I think stonewalling can fall under that category. I also think gaslighting is another one that can fall under that category of where the person does not want to take responsibility or doesn't want to look inward at what's coming up for them. So they say things and do things that make the partner question their reality or question what they they saw or what they experienced so that they can feel better themselves. And if they can make it the partner's problem, then all of a sudden they can avoid really digging into what's coming up for them, which that falls under emotional abuse. Manipulation, I think falls under emotional abuse 
where like I had an, an example where the one spouse got upset and so they left the house in an angry manner and said, I don't know if I'm ever coming back. And, and in a sense was trying to manipulate the partner to feel, to come and beg them basically to come back, please don't do this, you know? And so it's a form of manipulation. I think those, those things we need to be really careful with because they can cause so much damage to the relationship. There's a few that come to my mind. What, what else comes to your mind, Stephanie? Yeah. I was just going to add the lying about the situation or excusing it or minimizing. So if something happens and your partner is asking you questions about what has happened, and this could not even be like, at this point, it could not even be like sexual acting out. But if they are just saying, how are you today? I can see that something has happened or that you're not feeling well, or that there's something else going on. Do you want to connect around that? And maybe that's not the specific terms that they use, but if they are uh, bidding for connection and you are saying, oh no, I'm good. I don't, nothing happened. I'm fine. That is a form of lying and excusing and minimizing what's going on. And those are forms of emotional abuse because you're saying to the, to your spouse, it is a refusal to connect in a way that's sharing what's really going on. So a lot of these acting in behaviors can be, can fall under the category of abuse. And the purpose of having awareness around this is so that we can show up in a way that is saying, I want to connect with you. And I will say that there are times like, especially with the stonewalling or what, what's another word that's used like the silent treatment. Like I am an introvert. So I know something is coming up for me, but I don't have words to label what my experience is yet. So, and it took a long time for me to figure out that this is how I respond to situations. And so my husband would say, Stephanie, are you, are you okay? You appear to be frustrated or stressed out or whatever. And I'll be like, no, I'm fine. And so I wasn't intentionally doing, I don't want to connect with you. But I didn't want to connect with him because I didn't have words to describe what was my experience was. So now a healthier way that I handle this is I'll say, I need 20 minutes to figure out what's going on inside of me, or I'm working on trying to label and describe what's going on with this experience. And I'll share it with you whenever I get it figured out. So therefore I am still stopping the acting in behaviors and I'm keeping my spouse on the same page as me. Like I'm not trying to intentionally turn inward and keep you out of my life, but I've got some stuff going on. I'm going to try to get it figured out so I can connect with you. So it's just keeping your spouse on the same page. I think that's a great example because that, that right there is true intimacy. You know, he's bidding for connection. You're saying, you know, I I'm, I'm recognizing that there's something going on, but I'm not quite sure what it is. Let me go connect with myself and maybe God, and then I'll come back and connect with you once I've processed it a little bit that type of stepping out of the acting in behaviors sets us up for a truly intimate connection as you kind of process through what's coming up for you. I think that's a common thing too, for a lot of people. Like I didn't, I don't think I grew up with a lot of emotional awareness. And so that's a skill, by the way, it's a skill. You can develop it. It's not something, I mean, I think some people have a, a more 
natural ability to be in tune with their emotions, but for some of us, it doesn't come naturally. And so it's a skill that can be developed. And I think it's an important one that we all both partners become aware of is what is coming up for us. What are the emotions? How do we name them, give them a voice, process through them and use them as a way to create intimacy. And so just wanted to throw that out there that if you are struggling to know what's going on inside of you, you can develop it. There's it's work. It's not easy, but there it is possible to develop more of an emotional awareness and a stronger emotional intelligence. Yes. I would say that almost a hundred percent of my clients have not done this work. They don't know that it's possible and they don't, when I say this work, I, I mean like the emotional intelligence piece and it, you don't know what you don't know, but once you do know, then you can do better. So that's a part of learning this. And, and it is a learned skill and having greater awareness on how some of us had never even experienced this authentic intimacy with our spouses. Most mm-hmm. often, if there's sexual integrity issues there, they haven't experienced this. So we don't even know what we're looking for. So it's a, a whole new learning experience and it is hard work, but it's worth it. And some other acting and behaviors that I think are worthy of us talking about is the ones that can seem more lighthearted because sometimes they're not seen as so harsh, like the, the blame shifting and the more covert abuse behaviors, or even these, it's like stonewalling. So there are ones that are more lighthearted and, but they are still used as a way to avoid this authentic intimacy Some of those are humor. It is making light of the situation or, oh, I'll just laugh it off and we'll just deal with it another day. There could be placating, which I have seen a lot. And that is, well, I will make it all better for you or I'll just make it all better for myself. Let's go on this extravagant experience or trip somewhere or let's go out to eat tonight. So I don't have have to address really what's going on for me. There could be this, busyness, which still could be lighthearted. You could choose a recreational activity. And I think you mentioned this in the first of the episode, like extreme working out or these sporting events or different things that it seems like it may not be such a quote bad thing, but it is an, a, a tactic that's used to avert addressing the real issue at hand. Yeah. I think throwing yourself into like a hobby or a sport or, you know, something like that can actually just, you just take those behaviors that are happening here and you, they take, they go with you in that, you know, like you may still be searching for your worth and your value in that, like in a sport, like maybe that's where you're looking for your worth and your value rather than connecting with God and connecting with yourself and really finding that internally. So I think that sometimes we can take these acting in or acting out behaviors and we just put them in a different realm when it's not, you know, when you're using it to avoid these sexual misbehaviors, you might just be applying them in a different area. So I think that's important to have that awareness too of like, okay, so I'm, I'm not doing this anymore, but now I I'm replacing it with this. So really getting to some healthy coping mechanisms is critical to that being able to have true intimacy. I was thinking about when you were talking about humor and the message that that sends when you use humor as a, a an acting in behavior. And most people, when they do this, they're not 
they don't have like a conscious awareness of it. You have to really look internally to, to define this, but what's the message that's sending. And I think like, let's say it's the betrayed partner who is kind of laughing it off, laughing things off because they don't know how to express, or they don't maybe have the courage or don't feel emotionally safe enough to use their voice. They're using that humor as a way to kind of avoid the pain that's coming up for them. But the message that it's sending to their spouse is like, see, it doesn't really bother. She's just laughing about it, or he's just laughing about it. And on the opposite, when the person with the sexual integrity issues uses humor, then it feels really, it can feel really minimizing to the partner of like, he just thinks it's funny. This isn't funny. You know, this is not a laughing matter. And so I think both partners can use humor in that way. And it sends a message that is really an unhealthy message that keeps us stuck in this, this unhealthy pattern or cycle. Yeah, that's really good that you, you touched on the mixed signals that because acting in behaviors, they're very confusing to the one that is doing the acting in behaviors, the the other partner, it is very confusing to them whenever they see their partner doing these acting in behaviors. And it leaves so much room for confusion and the cycling of thoughts. If the acting in is continuing during the relational repair, after there has been this discovery, this, it can be even more um, extreme and it feels very minimizing to the partner's experience. And I would say this is the opposite of empathy, which is what we're trying to create in relational repair. It, another thing that I was thinking that this, it really takes a lot of vulnerability and stepping in to learning something new and also learning how to express yourself in a new way. So where in the past we have continued down this cycle of acting out and going into the sexual acting out, stopping the acting in behaviors, whenever we see these come up for us, stopping those and connecting takes an extreme amount of vulnerability. So it's saying it's going um, against the shame lies and those core beliefs that if I share who I really am, that I will never be loved. It's going against those and stepping out in vulnerability and having courage to say, yeah, I'm just going to share what has happened, what has come up for me, what I'm feeling, what my emotions are and see what happens. And most likely by taking that step forward, especially if the one with sexual integrity issues is leading this in the relational repair, your partner will feel much more safe with you sharing where you're at and having that vulnerability. Yeah. And that I think is when you said earlier that this is hard work and it's worth it. I think that is an important part to remember here is that taking, having the courage to be vulnerable, I think courage is a big piece because without the courage to actually step into vulnerability and this intimacy, we're never going to experience it. And if you don't ever have that courage, you don't know what you're missing out on. So even if it feels scary to step into this intimacy, even if you have like a natural intimacy aversion, finding some courage based on your level of safety. And I I don't, I don't really endorse being super vulnerable. If you have a partner who is, has no empathy skills and is not going to be willing to hold you in your vulnerability, but other people can, you can find it with God. You can find it with your other safe people. So step into it in whatever, you know, arena that you feel safe to do it, but practice having that vulnerability If you want a good exercise to help you kind of take a look at this, go back to last week's episode where Stephanie talks about her missing link 
exercise. And there's actually, we're going to put, we put a link to the, that document in the show notes. And that's a good way to start practicing. I think another simple way is kind of just get, get out of Google an emotion wheel, find an emotion wheel and just start to identify and put words to what it is that you're feeling. And that's an easy place to start to is just like putting language to what it is that you're experiencing. And then what, what damaging behavior or acting in behavior is attached to that? How am I coping with that? And am I in an unhealthy way? And what might be a way to step out of that cycle to create something new? Absolutely. Anything else you would, you would add to this, Stephanie? I think this is a hopefully a good episode for people to kind of do a self-evaluation of where you're at and where are some areas of growth that you have potential to, to work on. Anything else? I think it's all so great. I think acting in is a very important piece of to learn. I will attach this in our show notes too for our listeners, just to have something to look at around these acting in behaviors. Thank you so much for, for joining us on our episode today. We appreciate you being part of our audience. If you're enjoying the show, please give us a like or a review. We would appreciate that. Share our show with others who you feel might benefit from it. And we hope to see you with us next week. Thank you for listening to the Choosing to Stay podcast. If you have enjoyed the show, we invite you to subscribe, share, and leave us a review. Connection, empathy, growth, choosing to stay. Thank you for listening to the Choosing to Stay podcast. If you have enjoyed the show, we invite you to subscribe, share, and leave us a review. Connection, empathy, growth, choosing to stay.